on there. The hash nearly fell into me point. That's bad. I'm with no shirt on. <laughs> the cold. <laughs> Slade pushed Tyler onto me arse. Who's there, Stones? You guys fucking rock. Oh, God. 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 The shoes, the box, fuck out. Wake up in the morning, what's the fucking Japanese? Oh, what? Hey, Rachel, ladies and gentlemen. It's a runner, sir. Don't forget me, hello. Jogging, you want to stay up here, Lord, being me. What is that? What the fuck? 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 What the British Isles and throughout the world on the worldwide net. This is the Friday Rock Show on BBC Radio 1 FM. Hello there all you pimply new rockers out there. Welcome to another jam-packed edition of the Friday Rock Show. And tonight it's just a bit special because we're broadcasting live it's from like Ireland's premier beach attraction, British Bay. Rock Jacuzzi. Coming up tonight, Papa Roach, Limp Biscuit, Fun Loving Criminals, Weetus, U2, Lem, Top Loader, Green Day, No Effects, and much more. Plus, the Gabber Sci-Fi Spot, and who wants to be a millionaire? But first of all, let's kick off with Papa Roach. No, no, no. 
brother Searching to find a level on a higher level Find it, nothing but questions and yeah. From the album Infest, that is Papa, Papa Roach. Roach with no resort. And that's a nice light-hearted song about suicide there to kick off the show. Yeah. Oh, uh, I don't like that. We'd have to say the boys played well, but now, listen, we're not going to get into speculation about what I'm doing. I know where I am, right? The boys know what they're doing. Everyone knows what they're doing. All I'm saying is I don't like that. I don't like when they go out and they don't give 100%. It's just not my kind of thing. The Friday Rock Show, now there's something that gets 100% all the time. I like that. Oh me, oh me Sally Noggin, all right, come on, over here, what? He's got the beach ball, look, 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 look. Oh, 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 nearly got right, there. Post. <clears throat> here we are at British Bay, in the lovely hot sunshine, in a jacuzzi surrounded by fans of the Friday Rock Show. <laughs> We have the FRS girls that are out minging in the crowd. girls. And they're handing out leaflets and tapes and CDs and t-shirts to anyone who wants them. Because we're so generous here. Yep. On the Friday Rock Show. At least once a year, me and Tony love to leave the stuffy confines of our London studio and come out and press the flesh with the public. And this is what we're doing just here with our summer special live from British Bay. It's time for a flesher! It's time for a flesher! Look at the young one over there. Oh, I'm in an office day, Adrian. I might be torn between two lovers. Have you ever been like that, Adrian? I don't know, but I was mad. <laughs> I was given a warning one night by the girlfriend when she was going out, leaving me to mind the babies, telling me that I'd better not go up to any mischief or else she'd call the police. Fuck me, Adrian. <laughs> she was putting the foot down, all right. But all I was going to be doing was to be in the shed with Celine going over some vocal parts for the band. Sounds perfectly innocent to me. Cards loaded, nothing wrong there now, so far. But next thing you know is me and Celine are out in a big sick smoking session in my mate's place down the road. I was mad. And I was planning on the early night too. <laughs> ah, but it was Celine's first time for smoke, so I couldn't deny her that Hadrian. And the butter was on the way with more too. Mm. And there was pictures of Joplin, Hendrix and Keaton on top of the Mowley mantelpiece. Candle wax stripped everywhere and English lads piped up on the bongs. Keating? Rolling Keating? No. Okay, no. There's me and Celine. Beat <laughs> you! <laughs> <laughs> An old cat weasel in the corner chanting a Buddhist mantra Rocking back and forth yeah. I'm sorry Tony you're thinking about your dinner But we're trying to do a show here <laughs> Big woolly Afghan hound drooling in front of me as you tried to roll one 
But that wasn't that was grabbing me attention, Adrian. No, there she was, Adrian, on her third joint, dancing along to some loving spoonful on the Sanyo boombox. In a fierce, short, silver sequin mini squirt. Swine. Squirt. 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 Get your leg off me, will you? Swine back and forth, swinging on a bottle of non alcohol Bex. Oh, Jesus. I was trying to roll under the arm of the couch, lads, and there she was, gvorting like a fucking devil's pixie rubbing off me arm. The downy light hair on her upper thigh, brushing softly off me face as she swayed off balance. The hash nearly fell into me point. She looked like Kermit the Frog Bernie, but I got fierce horn. But I thought babies. Yeah, or with the babies. Bending over the cop, that's a stitch on her. Me there to die with the underpants. Ah oh, no, can't. That's bad. <laughs> oh Jesus. But she hardly had a stitch on me when she was dancing in front of me, Adrian. She was slugging on the beer bottle, letting the juice swell up on her lips, roll down the mouth, under the chin, down the neck, onto the recess of her collarbone, and finally oozing into her beveled crack of her bosom. <laughs> The little tight red and black lumberjack shirt tightened a knot at her slim, youthful waist. She was undoing the top buttons, one by one, slowly. Nothing but that between me and her heaving, motherly purred breasts. Ah, so my girlfriend has them, sure. Yeah, I'm a like Adrian. Oh, Sick! Fuck's sake! She could be back home now, mind the babies, and I'm here off my tits, looking at the freaks around me, and this young fit angel, voice vixen, throwing the schoolgirl shapes in front of me face, and my mate was trying to urge me to go on her, and me too with no shirt on! <laughs> Jesus, though, I had to get out and calm down. I mean, calm down, yeah! Oi, yeah! We were there to for piss, and the rain on me bare skin. But just as I had the flesh pipe open to the wet, cool, and soft even night air, I heard a roar, sirens blaring, tires screeching, lights flashing. It's a fucking pig's pony! And here I was off me box with a young one, mother not knowing where she was, your girlfriend not knowing where I was. Sure, I too nearly didn't know where I was. I don't know where I am! I'm in British Bay! Yay! I tried to run outside, but fell over in the muck. Me jeans had fell to me ankles. I tore them off and screamed to warm me mates. Everyone was frantic, lights barking and shouting everywhere. Shit was flushed down the sinks. There were shouting in the cistern! <laughs> Joints down the bog and bongs flushed, fucked into the cistern. Yeah, cat weasel standing static among the chaos, with the wild eyes and him looking at me. I grabbed Selene, who was turned in asleep on the couch. The skirt rolled up her bare back and generous fleshy mounds of arse muscle poked out from underneath. Parted only by my merest hint of black lace. Quernier bit the thumb off myself. But we had to escape. I tried to wake her up. She moaned. I wish I taped the Bernie. Cop doors were flung open inside. We had to move. Some hairy stoner was trying to suck the enamel off the bong in a vain attempt to consume the evidence. The dog was pissing in the corner, howling in time to the sirens. I dragged Celine. The skirt fell off her as I pulled her up. <laughs> Very convenient. This is a carry on feeling, this is. <laughs> she flung her arms and legs round me as I lifted her out to the motorbike. But lads, I could hardly run, slipping around the pisses of rain. And the wave of her? I saw my bike and ran to it. Voices followed. I slapped my bare arse in the wet leather and flicked up the headlights. A torch shone on my face. Celine woke up and grabbed me hard. I whacked the ignition. Lashed the starter and gave her the full holly. Just then I got the most electrifying sensation. I got a hot, moist feeling on the crack of my arse. Celine was nearly up on me back with the fear. Her part parting, pounding on me protruding posterior. <gasps> it was getting wet, Barney. I felt the warm skin and got me a fierce horn as I kicked into gear. Suddenly, out of nowhere, through the blaze of lights was a big guard aiming straight for me. <laughs> I let out the clutch, turned sharp and drove a spray of muck into the cunt's face. Down he went into the mud and off I went with a wheelie, without fear nor care, down the lane to the main road. The cold bit into me as I tore onto the tarmac. Celine bit onto my neck. Ah, the pain, the cold. <laughs> yes. 
I hid in the fifth and flew like bejesus away from the scene. Next thing, lights flashed up on the road. It was the brother with more hash. I flung my arm to tell him to turn. He knew and did a handbreaker into the graveyard and disappeared into the tombstones. But then saw a light in my mirror. Oh, fuck, Adrian. The pigs chasing me. But not too far to the house now. Told Celine to hold on. She was hitting me neck with the cold. I had some horn. <laughs> then I lashed a turn to the left and exited onto the road into my driveway. I'm doing 80. Next thing a car tears past me from my house and onto the road. About 20 faces pushed up against the windows as I flew past. It only drove out and fucking swiped, swiped the cop's car. I slammed on the brakes for all I was worth and we skidded to a halt way up into the flower bed. <laughs> I looked around and saw another heap of lads bailing into another car outside my house. And there's my girlfriend in the corridors at the doorway. What the fuck? Cop's car slapped off my concrete gatepost, reversed, and tore off after the second car, making a getaway. I looked back at my girlfriend. Celine still trapped to me back, her thighs tied around me. Next thing, some lad flew out past my girlfriend, out the door, and ran off under the washing line, and hopped the fence into the field. What the fuck? Celine pushed tire onto me arse. My girlfriend had eyes filled with terror. Why though? What do you think happened next, Adrian? I don't know. Dennis! Turn the page and find out, shall we? <coughs> Did I tear off after that bollocks heading into the field wanting to know what the fuck he was at with me girlfriend? I don't know, did you? Did I push the nearly naked sleen off me bike straight over me girlfriend, lash up her nightgown and bury myself in her mangled gearbox? Or did I just look at Celine, slap the gob on her and drive her hand into me soggy wife runs? Ah now, that'd be telling Adrian. Oh fuck me, who's person? Yours, office is completely. Mick Jordan, the old lodge beer lawns. Well there's Mick Jordan! Good on Mick! Oh. Hello? Hello, Adrian and Tony. Oh, how are you doing? Stephen Hawking here. How are you, lads? Not too Could bad. you play me some Metallica? I always try to catch the Friday Rock show each weekend between my visits to the downtown brothel. Oh. You guys fucking rock. Testicles. Come on, ya yeah, hoorah. Yeah. There you go. Even the yeah. biggest brain on planet Earth loves the Friday Rock show. And that's official. That Mick lad's some lad, isn't he? Aye, some lad. You know, he's always rolling. He's rolling! Yeah! The whole time! <laughs> <laughs> He's rolling! Oh, he should be rolling with him! Let's get the bitch getting rolled together! Fancy getting a beach ball? Come on, Mick! I'll get the rolls! We've got both rolls! Rolls! Rolling! Roll Yeah.
Limp Bizkit there with their number one from 2001, Rollin. Yes, indeedy. Sickness, Baldy, Tucker, we spend our free time smoking ash, Meldy, Jagger, Arlie, That sounds really good. Well, that's worth a spin. Elimination, elimination. Now, Tony, have you done the lotto yet? I haven't, I think. Well, you better go and do it because this weekend there's a roll off jackpot of five million pounds. Five million pounds, Jesus! What would you do with that? I'd plow a hard acre. I'd be able to retire. I wouldn't have to do this. I'd go down south with some. With me, my. South where though? With me, my wife. South of the border? South of the border? The naval border. You ever heard them? That's anyway. Have you been giving out my phone number again, Tony? <laughs> Fuck's sake. That's your ex-girlfriend trying to piss you off. You sound there, Bubba. <laughs> Speaking of becoming lotto millionaires, Tony. Yes, I think. Later on in the show, we are going to be playing an excerpt from the Who Wants to Be a Millionaire game show on TV. That's right. And it will be of interest to Friday Rock Show listeners because it has one Neddy Taffler on the show. Oh, the good old Neddy Taffler. Uh, wait till you hear this. This is something to look forward to. But that's later. It's anyway, fun. I think. We're coming in with a letter! Back to the present, that's for later. Hope you're all enjoying the sun here, it's screaming down here in British Bay. And this is the Friday Rock Show, it's so much better. I forgot where you were. <laughs> I know, we're getting a few grand for this now. <laughs> okay, it's a letter! Yay! Yay! Woo! Who is? Yeah, the charts are shy at the moment. Yeah, nothing good on at the moment. Take my mind off the that. imminent arrival of the latest addition to my ever expanding family. An arrival in his ever expanding family? Jeez, listen to listen My to interest is peaked, Tony. We must read on. Well, look, some of the Only stuff you... Only took three seconds as well. <laughs> well, look, some of the stuff you play in the show. But most of it's shy. Yeah, well, what's this oh, about like, spanning like families, you ask? Well, I'll tell you. The gist is I've been going out with the Manson dad lately. Getting out of my face. Yeah, I've changed. Yeah, completely fucked up I am. Manson has this younger brother, and he would bring us to these parties. I ended up in one of these places, which was full of 15 and 16-year-olds. And one night Manson told me that a particular young girl would do anything for a toke off the reefer. <laughs> now I was afraid to ask her anything, so Manson decided to ask her for a striptease. I couldn't believe it when she started dancing about in the candlelight in a haze of smoke, slowly taking off pieces of clothing. This sounds a bit like the last letter. Just reincarnations of past lives. <laughs> slowly Man. taking off pieces of clothing. Then the next minute, all I could see was a huge pair oh of... I got the dash before, buddy! Sorry, I did not thought the jacuzzi was vibrating. 
Så det ser ud Jeg choker op på min chutney rustler Jeg var bare glad hun af Det var sådan en omsæt chutney Jeg var fucking glad hun af Pæk det chutney af den Ja, next minute All I can see was a huge pair of tits Shaking about Hoisling about down the crowd Anyway, like I can sort of talk to these young ones Without feeling self-conscious Why can't talk to bitches my own age? Why? I don't know Anyway, I digress Short time later Why can't I do? Talk to bitches your own age But uh Just hearing that with you Yeah, we want to talk about it, we'll talk about it after the show, but... You sure? Well, we're on air, we're concerned with the listeners' problems. That's not your leg, is it? <laughs> <laughs> Can you not feel the talents? It's vibrating again! What's going on? Back to the letter. A short time later. <laughs> Manson informed me I had a chance of getting off with a big one that showed us her ample bosoms. For a while I couldn't do nothing. Then one day, during the school lunchtime, the girl in question called over to my house with some of her mates... And then, Manson and me were there for over faces. So mongrel was I that I just had to get half of her. And I didn't care where her friends and Manson were in the room looking at me. Fuck it, yeah, it was brilliant. I'd been so long since I got half of the woman, I thought my cock was going to explode. Things got going fairly rapidly from there. Every school lunchtime, she was at the door like a stray cat, which I'd fed. Lads, I had to stick it in her. I told her, can't wait. She said she'd go on the pill for me. Jesus Christ, you'd do anything for me. I tell you, my life's great. So anyways, a couple of days later, after she took the pill, I slapped a fat me into her. <laughs> you know, lads, I thought I'd be different riding another one, but it felt the same like, you know? Anyway, for a while there, everything was perfect. Continuously sagging like a rabbit in summertime. Also, I was working. Drugs were as plentiful as crap manufactured bands, and even I had reformed. But then the parade was well and truly pissed on. My beloved had something important to tell me. There was a smell of fresh buns in the oven. She was in the club, up the dove, pulled. I think he means she's pregnant, Tony. He <laughs> made Bernie reckons I should have waited a, a month before I started rooting in the roast box. Then he says to me, she should have a, dr- a drink a bottle of gin and have a hot bath. What's it on about? Why does it keep happening to me? Why am I the gobshoy, not the other lads? It has to be her fault. Can she not read instructions? What would I know? I'm only 13 years older than her. How can you blame me? He's only 13 years old? Older than her. Right? Alright. Sorry. I'm being fucking smarter, Tony Wilson. No, me. But there's no point going over all that stuff now. In a few weeks, the sprog will be here. This is what you pay and that's when the pain for. will start. All my money will just start to be sucked down my pockets, pulling lumps of skin with it. Until all there's left is dry bones for the vultures to feed on. Oh, well, lads. It's always good looking bright side, isn't it? When your pops will drop your line. Till then, I'll let you go, right? And ask us if you wouldn't mind playing Savage Garden Affirmation. Alright? Sound. See it. Take it handy. Good luck. <gasps> that reminds me, I, I was talking to a 17 year old. I was talking to no one. Whatever do you mean, Tony? I mean, well, Savage Garden, these 17 year old girls like Savage Garden and they, li- they wanted to play Affirmation. She was well, listen, she was Millie's Garden and I was able to see her a little. <laughs> <laughs> you aren't all these teenagers, Tony. I think she was a bit of a dirtbag. Mm. It's Weedus, teenage dirtbag. <laughs>
What? What is the characteristic of the cavity wall? Why does it keep in the heat? Why does it keep in the heat? For some god in Jeez, Tony. You just have to have the flashback. I knew we shouldn't eat in those toadstools that time. I thought I was in school. Anyway. That was Wheatus with the tribute to rock giants Iron Maiden. Yes, Shelly Teenage Dirtbag. Another number one hit from 2001. Well, I think it's a tribute to Iron Maiden, or else they're taking the piss. They're not taking the piss. They I saw them. No, they wouldn't be now, would they? No one takes the piss out of Maiden. Oh, sorry, like that. Anyway, I think it's about time we had another letter. Yay! How are you, lads? I don't have to clap, right? How's the DJing going? Good to see you are keeping up. As for me, I'll go out of business altogether. I couldn't handle all the bitching and backstabbing. What was this? Do you want to know? No. Right, this is Baldy. And that's a really great make you look so cool. <laughs> <laughs> all the women want to sleep, but all the ones there with little fried eggs out the crowd looking at you, looking at your balls, seeing us two riding naked in the rock <laughs> jacuzzi. F-R-S. <clears throat> I found love and giving up the fool's game. This could be the end of the franchise. 
<laughs> but it wasn't all a piece of piss, boys. It was hard grafting just to get to this point of me writing to you now and telling you. And I'll start the weekend after. I finally got the 6,000 compo. Listen, I'd like to know. I just got to do anything. <laughs> the start of it. <laughs> Nothing. He just wants to tell you how good he's doing to put you down, Adrian. Is he? But I'm not reading it then. You can shut up your arse, Tony. And I'll start the weekend after I'd finally got the £6,000 compo from the car crash and Fat Sean Slim's Hyundai Black Manta Mobile. There was Sean, Johnny and me in the car, right? The old DJ trope. Together again. Then there was Johnny's cousin Albert and Sean's sister Mary and her friend Eutisha. Halfway up the road, back from the nightclub in Kilgranny, where it happens I just met the love of my life. I was lucky too, because if she turned the fucking sideways, I would have missed her. More that later though. <laughs> Meanwhile, in the back of the car, Johnny tried to drop the hand on Sean's sister Mary. Sean's like doing 80, <laughs> Sean's like doing 80, 80 grams of fucking cocaine at this stage. <laughs> <laughs> He's there trying to roll on the fucking dashboard. One hand on the wheel. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. And of course, like a typical woman, she only screamed like to be fucked, kicked out and drove me to the side of the fucking knee. Where's that come? Oh, the pain of it, lads. It was a knee of damage and a dirty sliding tackle when I served me time at Rat Drum Celtic. I was evening in the match. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't evening the match either. What? <laughs> turned training on a Wednesday. I tried to Polak's coach shockingly young lad Elmer. I wanted revenge as coach shockingly the dirty wanker. Gone and subbed me the previous Saturday at Clash Harbour. And only in the crunch inter-county quarter-final with the fucking arch-enemies Clash Rovers. Yes. No less. Oh. I was just getting the bear there, star defender Patsy Tool too. Sure not to worry, yeah. It was only the very same cunt who was taken to hospital with a suspected broken neck after Sean's car slapped into the back of the poor horn, the jeweller. This was all as a result of me flying forward in agony at the bitch driving me into poor knee, driving me other leg through to the gear stick and ended up in the guts of the CD stereo. Oh, Sean shot the load as his car spun out of control, tore across two lanes and careered straight into Patsy Tool's pickup. It took six long months for the money to come through. I don't know how we wrangled it through, but I'm not the type to look a gift horse in the mouth. Never mind anyway. Sure fate caught up with me in another way, lads. Don't look much in the mouth. <laughs> I bought a new car with the combo. A lovely royal blue high-topped Hyundai Traveller. She's gorgeous. Johnny's cousin mechanic father said it was off the very same line that they used for the Pope Mobile in Rome. Some people says it looks handicapped, but at least I can see the road with two foot to spare in the headroom. Uh, right? Uh? Anyway, this was at the same time that I met my true love Becky. As I said earlier, I'd met her at the cool granny hop in Wexford. Me and the boys had been going down for near a year by then. As soon as we met, there was no holding us back. That's me and her meeting, like, not the meeting the lads for the first time. Not that that wasn't an emotional experience too, but you know what I mean, yeah? Anyway. Yes, that's right, bro. That's it. Anyway, always holding hands being Bex, were you? Kissing and cuddling, buying her rings. Onion rings, that is. She is a whore of an appetite, but there's not a pick on her, lads. Not a pick on her. She buys the food and then just doesn't eat it. Just looks sad. Shame to waste it, says I. <sighs> so I end up having to have it. After two weeks in from the start of our destiny together, I introduced her to the family. They all loved her straight half. Your skin looks Took her in. <laughs> Took her in as one of her own. <laughs> the Friday Rock Show. Not that I thought they wouldn't. No. The sisters though, they thought she was a bit too skinny and I need me to tell her to eat more. But it wasn't my business to interfere with her eating habits. I wouldn't be the one to rock the boat like. Besides, she was eating loads. Sure, I was spending enough of the chippers anyway. Yeah. And I was grand in her house too. I wasn't in the way at all. If we were out up the woods... <laughs> if we weren't out up the woods together, we were in the bedroom. The mammy didn't have to cook any extra. I had the other one's dinner as well. <laughs> Things were gone grey. I was enjoying the company around me for the first time in years. She's the lighter of me life, lads. 
and I wanted to show it. And then it happened. Ah! The other brother was getting married on the Saturday morning. Me and the other one were only in from being up the woods after the disco on a Friday night. She was complaining about all the creepy crawlies in her underwear. <laughs> I hope she didn't mean me. She was still pulling off the slugs from her shoes when we had to, when we had to get up straight to the traveller and on the road to Ratrum. And I was starving. I couldn't drive on the empty stomach. So I had her share of the homemade sandwiches the mother made for the journey. And I fair polished off all the ones made for eating on the way back too. <laughs> It was a beautiful day too, really clear driving weather. I had the two front windows down, getting all the fresh air the road had to offer. I was looking forward to the day, the brother was getting hitched and I wanted to make it something special. I had a surprise in store for Becky, something she wouldn't forget for the rest of her life. It was approaching 9am and we'd just gone through Gory. It was now or never, time to be a man. As Becky sat in the passenger seat reading chat magazine, I reached into my jacket and pulled out a small purple velvet box. She didn't see I me. Pulled many a a box in my life. <laughs> yeah. I held the box out in, out in my left hand and flicked the top open in front of her. Her eyes only lit up. I smiled and nervously corrected my way for driving. I glanced at her. She had a pure smile of wonderment, lads. I looked away at the oncoming traffic, then back to her again. This time, though, she had a face of pure horror on her. She only started screaming and jumping around, her legs kicking out on my dashboard. What's wrong, my love? I screamed. Turns out there was a big black hairy fucking spider in the velvety ring box. It must have crawled in when we were laid out in the cool granny woods. It crawled down her blouse and she was going fucking mental. Screaming and flinging up her two feet, baiting them off the ceiling. I tried to calm her down and keep me on the road, but the spider flew over her hair and onto me knee. She lashed out her leg in fucking horror and only drove me straight square in the fucking bad knee. My foot spl- slapped off the clutch, put the Hyundai into reverse at 62 mile an hour, and we took a right angle at the speed of fucking light. The front axle buckled, the left wheel disappeared under weight, and we left the highway at 50 mile an hour through the crash barrier. The car somersaulted over and started to roll down the embankment. But after two revolutions, the tall ceiling dug into the soil and we stopped dead. Thank God we're still alive, Barney. I thought I blacked out with fear, but I had enough. There was smoke everywhere. No, he hadn't. I was still there, like. Where was Becky? She wasn't in the car. Oh no, lads. Where is she? I couldn't muster the strength to call out her name. My chest was heavy. But then I saw her. Halfway back up the embankment. Jesus! She must have been flung clear through the open front window as a traveller rolled. That was the last I saw of that day. It's the next thing I knew. I woke up with the brother in his wedding tux and some Pakistani lad staring at me. As my eyes opened up wider, I could see the full vision. About 25 people all gathered around the hospital bed I was in. Mammy and Daddy were there too. Daddy ate me lunch. I was alive, lads. Where's Becky? Is she alright? The Pakistanian, who was a doctor, lads, he opened his mouth and said, She is fine. She was thrown clear before the car rolled. We have her down the hall resting asleep in a wheelchair. Are you Pakistanian her with accent? But you, Mr. Baldy, you are very lucky. Only for the fact that you are grossly overweight and you've stayed in an upright position all the way through the car's plummet down the bank, you would almost certainly have not survived. Daddy laughed. I sighed with relief. Then my brother burst me square in the nose for fucking up his honeymoon plans. But lads... The traveller saved me. Now me and Bex are taking a route on a camping tour around the country. Then me and the other one are getting married next month. I see if he can get his invites. The other one's mother's organising that like, but I'm sure that even though she doesn't know, you would be glad and welcome anyways. You should be glad to have you. I don't know. She's all right now for her age. <laughs> As I said, it wasn't all a piece of piss, boys. It was hard grafting just to get to this point of me writing to you now and telling you. But now he's now. I hope you are happy for me. I'll probably never see any of you again. But my life is complete now. Me and Becky and the Traveller. Find me some maiden, lads. For all time's sake. Good luck. Travelling balding. Uh, what? No, I, done, hold on, hold on a second now. He invited us to the wedding. And then he says he's not going to see us ever again. That's his way. He was bullshitting us. He doesn't want us to go to the wedding at all. Yeah, just, <laughs> I don't go wet now. 
Okay, you're listening to the Friday Rock Show live from British Bay in the Fair Isle of Ireland. Live on Friday. If you've just joined us, you're with the Friday Rock Show, and we're coming to you live from British Bay. I know I'm just sitting here with Tony in a jacuzzi reading the Sorrowway Sun and look at this Tony what? only the Anne Robinson one from The Weakest Link is released in a rap record did not yeah and look at here though this is very clever isn't it what? Anne Robinson who was rapped first like enough the Welsh herself recently <laughs> is that not the, uh, the you would, well, um, they're very clever these newspaper people rapped <laughs> well seven sun in the sky here today I find it very handy in the flat during the week you know when it comes to a bit Wednesday and you have shag all money left you know whoop the chocolate starfish dry now many of you have been listening to us for years and years remember back at the beginning we had a little segment of the show called the Friday Rock Show Extra that's right and that featured the vocal talents of Mr. Michael Taylor now we've mentioned him a couple of times now recently but it's been a while now, really, and the other day, me and Tony just happened to be saying, Musing to ourselves. Musing, as we Muse do. Muse as we do. Music about... The where, where's Michael Taylor? Like, where's he gone? I haven't seen him about three years. Why? why Four years, even. The Paul Taylor, huh? Does he know what he's doing? Yeah. <laughs> I know, that was good, didn't I? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, lo and behold, the next day, through the post, Mick sends us a letter, and on it was a tape. Of his work in radio at the moment. So yeah. Will we play for the listeners? We shall indeed. Here's so, here it is. Mick is up to at the moment. Sharon Core, the slim hip diva of modern Irish fiddle music, was born March 24th, 1970. One of our favourite alcoholic tipples is, surprise, surprise, Guinness. Sharon says, um, but lying in your bed, side by side with her. Having this breathtaking soul whisper into your ear. I love you. Then wake up and realise that she probably just said. I never really loved you anyway. Come on, Sharon. What do you say? Not the boyfriend. What? No. Okay. You know, it's not all fiddles and flutes. <coughs> oh, Jesus! I don't know about you, Tony, but I think he's cracking up. Where's he been? Jesus, that was, that was, that was Michael Taylor anyway. And that was a bit cheesy. Fair play to him on the I'm, avenue. He's playing a hard acre. <laughs> I'm glad to hear he's keeping up the bad production values of early Friday Rock Show. Yes! yes. Keep it real. Yes. Oh. Meantime, from one other lad to another other lad. All right, coming up next, it's a regular feature of ours. One of your favourites. It's the sci-fi spot with Gavin. See what this piece of junk can do. Ready, everybody? All set. All set, yeah. yeah. Here we go again. It's on, the sci-fi spot with there he is, Gabler here, and this week I'm very excited because just arrived in my house with an inconspicuous packaging is an audio clip from Star Wars Episode 2. I haven't even heard it myself yet, so I can't wait to play straight after this week's hot news. Yeah. It's official, there will be an A season of the X-Files. David the Coffin has agreed to appear in a handful of episodes. His appearance will be explained by alien abduction, and Gillian will carry the torch alone, exploring more weird and twisted happenings. But will Scully taking up the departed Muller's crusade be any good? Gabler can only sip his point in wonder. Uh oh. Latest news from Sunnydale is that Buffy fans are in for a shock when out of the blue, who turns up with her sister Dawn? Sounds exciting. And so is the news that the Star Wars trilogy is back out on video for the first time since 1997. Unfortunately, there's no sort of DVD release in the immediate future. Now, have you seen the cool Batman Beyond cartoon which is set in the future and it's brought by his nephew taking up the mantle of Batman? My good news for bad people! It's going to be made into a live action movie! Holy schmoly! Although, on a personal note, last night I had a strange dream, Roy. I dreamt about 10 sport camps and I was thinking about only pair of red socks, I mean, riding 7 to 9. <laughs> anyway, oh my god, my scabbler splints are tingling. 
I can only mean one thing. Yes, I have to say the X and X-Men. Spider-Man is said to be the movie fan next year, yeah? The actor told me McGuire was raising turned down for the part as producers felt he had nothing to seek to fill out the spoily spandex. But so desperate to see the grab the prone roll of Peter Parker, he immediately got into the gym until he's buff enough to make them change their minds. He should have came to me, he would have whipped him into shape. <laughs> Rumors reached Gabbard the top actor John Matovich may play a spoily villain, which will either be the Green Goblin or Dr. Octopus. Just like the X-Men, Spoily's costume will be getting an overhaul, but nothing drastic. One of yours will be shocked to discover such web shooters will be done away with. Instead, his weapon will be a garnet and come straight off his wrist. <laughs> Still could be worse. Great spoilers who webbed out their arses. <laughs> you know, I was speaking about that Duchovny lad earlier. Well, apparently he's turned down the Rolling Star Wars episode 2, claiming he was t- too busy. <laughs> Same matter, what? Maybe he's trying to escape stuff to do with aliens. Leave me, Mowler. You never will. Never. <laughs> anyway, this is the Gabbard signing on. I mean, off. <laughs> so until next time, keep your hands in your pockets and keep filling with your balls. Be careful not to fall into ditch come up from the pope now, you hear? Don't forget, you can tune into the Gabbler late every Friday night with his sci-fi spot. Yeah, I'll see you then. And don't forget to be okay as long as you knock the little man out of the boat. Bye. I am the bastard son of Saint Walnut. I am your father. Hello. It's the sci-fi spot with Thanks a million, Gabbler. That was a sci-fi spot. And now here it is, exclusive. Some footage from episode two of the Star Wars saga. And this is when Yoda finally meets Queen Amadala, played by the nice Natalie Portman. And this is what happens. Oh, stop it, stop, 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 I'm <laughs> That wasn't quite what I was expecting there. Are you sure that's the right Jeez, package? I think that be might be porn wars. Sounded something about you two, all right. So here we are in British Spain. We're going to bring a little ray of sunshine into our lives. It's It's a letter. Hello, fellas. Look at the microphone, Aiden. You can't hear me. Karen here. I'm sorry I have been haven't been in contact for a while, but I've just been so busy with my new job and all. You see, I've just begun working in a bank. I know you're already thinking I'm dealing with the green folding stuff, but I'm afraid you're wrong. It's a sperm bank. I have never met a woman who worked in a sperm bank before. Only a woman that likes, like, <laughs> but not, work, you know. Well, as you like might imagine, I didn't know much about men's seminal fluid before I started. But now I've become used to it, I realise it's quite harmless. In fact, the other day I splashed some on my face and had the flavour of salty water. In fact, it was quite reminiscent of when Daddy brought me to British Bay as a young girl, and I paddled in rock pools under his watchful eye. See, honest, yes. There's the link. Paddling to this day. So my job was going better than I expected until the other day my life turned upside down. A young man named Quentin came in to donate. He was in his mid-twenties, dark-haired, and worked in an office with a firm of solicitors. Potential mate alert. He worked in a firm office. I lost myself in his big green eyes as I handed him his magazines in a jar. Much to my delight, Quentin became a regular donor. It came to my attention, though, that Quentin's donation was significantly bigger than the others. <laughs> I talk properly. I've knocked the CD player. Nothing ah! <laughs> <laughs> happened there, No. Go on, will you see? Professional. In fact, I had to get him a larger jar. Being a shy country girl, I didn't quite know how to attract his attention. Shy <laughs> Idle chit-chat over magazines and tissue was just going nowhere, so I decided this girl so needed a new strategy. Then, light bulb flash, it clicked. I began slipping pictures of myself. 
I began slipping pictures of myself with the magazines Quinton was using. Over his next appointment, he never let on anything was out of the ordinary. But he did begin to smile broadly every time he saw me and seemed to look even more sweatier and flushed after each successive visit. Finally, curiosity got the better of me. I was starting to get warm, Timmy. Over his next appointments, he never let on anything was out of the ordinary. But he did begin to smile broadly every time he saw me and seemed to look even more sweatier and flushed after every nice? successive visit. You're talking bullshit! Finally, curiosity got the better of me. I was starting to get warm, tingly feelings down below when I started fantasizing about what he was getting up to in that little room. <laughs> so I could stand it no more. Splash me! <laughs> I decided to follow Quentin to the donation. You was right there's a purpose to fuck me up. The donation station. My heart pounded like a jackhammer as I stealthily opened the door. <laughs> then I glimpsed him, kneeling in front of a picture of me when I was sunbathing on the beach, his face contorted like Jim Carrey. He moaned my name as he crumpled over the plastic jar. Spent. Suddenly he looked up as if he sensed the lust crazed voyeur who had stolen the look. I had been caught. Mortified, I pulled the door shut and ran. My movement was restricted as my panties were like Niagara Falls. Ten minutes later, Quinton appeared looking sheepish. He hastily left his jar and went. My heart sank. Quentin's regular visit ceased. I feared I would never see him again. At work, I found myself mislabeling and dropping jars. I was so distracted. But then one day... Imagine <laughs> what happened after I was mislaying the fucking jars. <laughs> But then one day he came back, along with all my womanly feelings like a dam bursting. It was time to fess up. He had to know my true feelings. (laughs) So I followed him. I paused for a few moments, then entered the room. Quinton seemed to be expecting me, but he he carried on as if he enjoyed me watching him. I could hold back no more. He was just so gorgeous. Crouched over my confirmation picture. (laughs) Like a white Linford... Tensed and ready on the starting block. <laughs> I grabbed him and we kissed passionately. He fell over his trousers and we ended up rising on the cold tile floor. His hands were so all over me, mapping out my body like a cartographer. <laughs> now I knew what all the fuss was about. This was the moment I'd been waiting for all my life. I was open like a blossoming flower, waiting for him to taste my sweet, sweet nectar. My. Quinton was the man to make me a woman. Put it inside me, I whispered. Suddenly, I felt his rock-hard shaft melt away like a Mars bar left on a dashboard in July. His monumental manhood had gone as limp as during Clary's wrist. What could I say? Was it my fault? Uh, I'm sorry, Karen. Quentin whispered apologetically. I can't perform with real women. Only the pictures. Just know how it feels. <laughs> this burn bag has become my only sanctuary. <laughs> okay, so this was the man who could do a virtual masturbation marathon and was as potent as an elephant. But it turns out he was a total misdoft when it came to real flesh and blood. Concealing my disappointment, I told him it didn't matter and it was a common problem. Yeah. I hurriedly grabbed my underwear so I could get out of there as I was afraid Quentin was about to burst into tears That's right. as he looked down on his lifeless organ. Can we see each other again? I asked before I fled. Quentin nodded emphatically. Of course. I flooded the place. <laughs> All day, the events kept replaying in my mind. It would become my mission to have him hard inside me. Mm-hmm. But Quentin never returned. Jeez, this is fucking Ann Summers. <laughs> Jeez, I'm getting twinges right in this. What? Stop that question. I went on the computer. Did you know he's rocking? <laughs> Sold the whole of his page. We're getting down. Come on. Where's the end of it? We're coming to the end now. Go on, that final hurt. I went on the computer oh, to check the donors at all the other sperm banks. But if he used them, he must have used a false name. Yes. 
So as last resort, I'm going to ask you guys for my help in finding my Quentin. So please, can you do a Scylla for me and appeal to him through your top radio show? Please find him. He may have a droopy cock, but he's my Mr. Right. Yours sincerely, Karen McGah. Quentin, now I see. That was a great laugh. Please, if you've seen Quentin, if you've noticed a man who can, who's been frequenting sperm banks more regularly than your father, please contact the Friday Rock Show. It's bbc.co.uk forward slash Friday Rock Show forward slash 18. <laughs> right, now, here we go. Let's okay, coming up next is the Fun Loving Criminals. We're screwed, boys. We're screwed.
Time for giving. But for one man, Christmas was about to turn sour. Leave my store now! You're sacked! 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 Get out! But never darken these doors again! AM presents. An AM production. Starring Dick Soup. And this is a dirty trick, you festered freak. Why don't we see this again? Look at me. I look so happy. And Spike Mulligan. Spike? He has a second name. Oh no! A story of one man's transformation. Again. Listen the way Christmas will turn out. As Tim Stan. Again. I'm glad you could all join me today. I trust the scouts are to you like it. And again. Please, we'll never look at a woman hole the same way again. Whoa! Yuletide Yobs. A Christmas Carol. What the fuck I don't know if maybe drugs, Mike. Why? I've never done it before. Come on, do. Featuring guest appearances from the Furbies. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Ghosts. And Joe Goggles's. I shall just uh, frolics in Pigna Slurry this Christmas. It's beautiful. It's perfect. Buy it now. Seems depicted in this trailer may not resemble those heard in the final product. Copyright AM 2000. I heartily recommend that Yob's Christmas Carol. Nothing to do with the fact of a huge financial stake in it, but it really is good. <laughs> oh, yes, it's indeed. Dick and Spike on top form, written by that right now. Yes, welcome to the Tune the Box Spat Out. A new and hopefully regular segment of the show in which we play a tune that is quite simply absolutely shite. <laughs> and tonight, I kicked Tony in the balls and sent him down to the balls to pick out this particular <laughs> dose of crap, which is by King Diamond, ancient metalers from the 80s, and it's called No Presence. We originally played this on this show about... Uh, 14 years ago! Holy God. Let's <laughs> not press you. Let's pack up now, shall we? About time we retired. Oh, 
it um, on the bikes? That was uh, King Diamond there. Hope you enjoyed that. A bit of a blast from the past. And that was definitely the tune of the bus. <laughs> definitely. Now, just had a bit of a news flash. The lotto has been won. Yeah, it's been won by a lad who's nipped out to his sausage shop. It's only the last 40 minutes. <laughs> yeah. The main lotto headquarters computer has confirmed that it's been won in a sausage shop by a quick pick. It's fixed, you see. Come out on a Friday, you see. <laughs> You're all fools. <laughs> Why are you going to do, Tony? Because I couldn't get half work. Oh, I have to be here with you in the jacuzzi. When you're nipping and you want to say me going down with polka dot fucking boxes down to the shop with the fucking... When you're nipping down for the sausages, get the quick pick, I said. Get the quick pick. I fucking got all the fucking situation. Anyway, back to business. And you're listening to the Fur Dog Show live from British Bay. Yes, in summer British 2001. British Bay. There's another hour, ain't it? <laughs> Lovely. What? Alright lads, it's the Friday Rock Show. Got a really fuck up a story to tell you. Oh, but I really felt fucked over in my life if it wasn't for my mate Jagger's misfortune. My life might be on the boring side just recently, but poor old Jagger's trials and tribulations take the fucking soggy biscuit. What? Jagger spit up his girlfriend recently, and it was less than bloody amicable, I can tell you, Adrian. They tried to keep it civil, but sadly, after a chorus of You whore and your selfish drug bastard, it all gender degenerated into petty hatred. Something I'd never be accused of, thank God. You see, she was playing away from home, lads, with a new centre forward. That's not proper order. He found out. Did his nothing. She had no remorse for him, my mate Jagger. In fact, she was so remorseful, she fucked off on him and took the babies. The two one-year-old twins of which Jagger formed with her. God knows, Adrian. She's a right well bench. She went and moved in with the new chap. The new house is called the Lodge, and <clears throat> this new home is lodged right outside of where she works. And where does she work? Only in the rough rum chemical factory. And this piece of can of wee-wee, this is where the new fella works too. Convenient, eh? Slat. Now, Jagger took all this badly, as you might. He got a bit depressed, which wasn't unusual from his normal state of mind, but had some more sinister side effects. His mother had to drive him to the doctor, so worried was she that he might go truly mental. And this was no hash side effect. Mind you, he hadn't stopped that either, which didn't help very much. The doctor prescribes that Jagger is very unwell, and depressed too. Jagger sighed with relief. He was happy to hear someone else thought he was actually certifiably, and not messing like, depressed. Pills were issued to combat his pressurised state. <laughs> they were like Prozac, Adrian. These were to fly away his ills and return him to Happy Land. But fuck me if Happy Land wasn't booked up at the time. So, Jagger, recounting this story to us in the back of Dave's car, said these were his happy pills. He still looked miserable. But again, that in itself was not unusual. This was all a few weeks ago. Steadily, Jagger's got worse, lads. More filled with hate towards the whore. Myself and my mate Dave tried to help him, so we organised to go out with him and his younger brother, Jed. In the car, as we drove out the road to Lara, Jagger tells us that he ran through the fucking fields in the pisses of rain with a knife in his hand to lodge outside the chemical factory. Now his house is some five miles away. He broke down the door and proceeded to chase the new centre-forward bloke around the house till he locked himself in the bedroom and wouldn't come out for a beating that Jagger was ready to administrate. After calmly telling his now firmly ex-girlfriend that he was sorry and would pay for the broken door and would you mind putting the phone down and not call the guardie, he retreated out of the house like a scowling dog and ran back to five miles he came from to his own house. The next day, the stiff-muscled Jagger got a very vicious halo from his ex. Passed on by a friend of a friend, etc. It was ooh, fucking nasty, boys. Full of venom about not being a good father. Jobs against his family, his friends being druggies, him being a druggie waster too. And I was never going to see the twins again if she had anything to do with it. We asked in the car on the way to the pub when this happened. Jagger stonily answered, Yesterday, just as those words seeped with scorn from his mouth, what came into view with the very scene of his discontent, the lodge, on the very road we were taken to the pub. What bad luck! Stop the car, he shouted. No fucking way, they bellowed. I'm not going to be a conspirator to murder. Thankfully, Jagger didn't fling open the doors and dive out 18 stories into the front lawn of the lodge. No, he merely rolled down the window and screamed at the height of his lungs, Fuck, fuck you, you, you fucking hell! <laughs>
We all clapped at his stunning originality, and Dave sped on to our destination. Everyone much happier for that little incident, Adrian, even Jagger, who remarked, Jeez, lads, I think those happy pills are finally working. Sadly, happy days didn't last for long, as after we passed the lodge on the way back, the beerful Jagger succeeded in repeating his stunt from earlier that evening. It wasn't nearly as hilarious. It was depressing. Jagger then, of course, caught a whiff of the drunken atmosphere and got depressed. As we drove him home to his sanctuary of a few late-night spliffs, Dave and myself started piping up about yearning for chutney sandwiches after midnight. Jagger was talking about being depressed and wanted to leave this town. Oblivious to this, we continued singing, while Jagger talked in a monotone to himself in the back seat. Jed was pissing his jocks looking at us two fucking loons in the front belling out strange songs like Wake, Wake up, up in the, the morning, morning want some, some fucking chutney. Meanwhile, poor Jagger was still moaning in the back seat, a vision indeed. We approached the house and we were planning to go in for a few cans of bliss before me and Dave have to go home for the night. But alas, all twisted things must come to an end. Jagger hopped out of the car all cranky and went to bed, mumbling something about Holland and tomatoes. Still depressed he was, fuck me! So, to the end of the night, we sat in the car with his younger brother Jed and examined the intricacies of the... Jagger Dilemma. Fucking tough on yeah lads. Sick? Sick as fuck. You can understand the mood, but me and Dave was only trying to cheer him up. Oh well, we all learned a great deal from that night. We learned that the moral of the story is don't go dip in the wick ball to Adrian, because you might end up in Daddy's E. And that ain't a nice place to be if you're stoned out of your fuck. Take care, boys. Play some Lars Lernica, Sean Jett and the Black Arses and Fester Lester. Oh what? Sincerely, Tucker. Ah, there's a Tucker now. Good old Tucker. Alright, I think it's time we play some music now. Yes! And what's coming up next, Tony? Shy Loader! Dancing in the Moonlight. Yeah! Adrian and Tony in the Rock Jacuzzi.
Seven premier beach attraction, Brutus Bay, the Friday Rock Show. No one asks me what I'm going to see about. You're afraid of your fusing. I'm going to be watching magazines. Are you going to be listening to Friday Rock Show? It's not going to be backstage, because it's a little like it, but Friday Rock Show is Agent Tony. Oh, excellent. Excellent. Oh, oh. That's a note to all I have to say. That's a size. But I like Friday Rock Show. Well, thanks for that, whoever you were. Jeez, I'm covering up chunk. Would you like to hear some more news about spanking new products from A&M? Yes, please. I bet you can't. But here you go. Back from the dead, as nature said. The fog or dead, the fog or dead. Back from the dead, the spring of the head. Foghorn head. Foghorn, foghorn, foghorn. Back in 1990, as A&M was in the middle of one of its most prolific and successful periods, a new star was born. This star would prove one of A&M's brightest suns. Okay, last orders, please. He burned bright for only a year, but that glow eclipsed everything around him. That star was Leo Magrano. Blasted onto the scene in the Friday Rock Show. Leo, Leo, if you're out there listening, tell us where you are. Please ring or phone or call. We miss you. We want to know where you are. And from there appeared in Leo. We love you dearly. Please come back. We want your baby. Maybe we can do an end of year special this year. That'd be really special, wouldn't it? Yeah. We might just send you the CD and when we get it done and then we can, you know, get together again maybe. I mean, it's not quite that, I think, but hopefully you'll change your mind. Anyway, me and Tony were flicking through the stations during the week. <laughs> we spent a lot of time in the fly, anyway. <laughs> there we are once again with the old TV dinner on our laps. Tony this time cutting his nasal hair. <laughs> It's <laughs> first long in the summer, it does grow really. And I just have to flick onto ITV, and there it was the Neddy Taffler sitting there right in front of Chris. So we had to tape it. And, and this, this is what it sounds like. It's the right answer! You're freaking me out now, you couldn't tell me. It's indeed he has possibly for lessons when he puts his new car. That's a big out there, game with mind games. Well done, Neddy, you're £4,000. And you still have no lifelines used up. I won't choke, Chris. Well, it's nice. Neddy Taffler is with us here in the studio, and he's aiming for £1,000,000. At the moment, he's on £4,000. <laughs> Hopefully, we can get him on £8,000. Next question, then, Neddy. You're the question, Neddy, for £8,000. It's this. When you take recreational drugs, do you... A. Become stupid. B. Become paranoid. C. Become aggressive. Or D. All of the above. Jesus. Get nervous now. Can't think. Can't think. Mine's gone mad. Money! I'm gonna have to use all my life voice. I don't know which one to use. I'll keep them all. Have to use one. Well, let's just remind you and the audience and everyone watching at home your three lifelines are phone a friend. 50 50. And ask the audience. Can't ask the audience. They want me to lose. They hate me. I have to phone a friend. Don't know what phone friend. Uh, Which friend? From Bonnie, no, he doesn't want me to win money. Uh, we'll have to ring Chuggy Wuggy. Chuggy Wuggy? 
Okay, let's see if we can get in contact with Chucky Buggy. Okay. Is phone ringing? Who are you? Hi, it's Chris Aaron from Who Wants to Be a Millionaire. <laughs> Hi, Chunky Muggy. In the studio, we have Nettie Taffler, and we want to get him on to £8,000. Can we have the Teddy like? Most definitely you are. Oh, deadly. Okay, the next voice you're going to hear is going to be Nettie Taffler's, and he's going to ask you a question with four possible answers. Yeah. Uh, all the best. Best of luck, Chunky Muggy. And it's over to you, Nettie. I'm on for that. Uh, who are you, Chunky? Um, now, when you take recreational drugs, do you pe A, become stupid, B, become paranoid, C, become aggressive, or do all the above? Now come on now, time's coming, time's ending. <laughs> that's easy. I know well, that's right away. All the above. <laughs> You're stupid, paranoid, and aggressive. <laughs> okay, <laughs> thanks. Okay. Yeah, I'll go with him. He sounds like he knows what he's saying. You're going with your friend Chuggy Wuggy and to say D, all of the above. No, that he's wrong. Yeah. It's gone to orange. You're making me paranoid now. Stop it. You had £4,000. You could have lost £3,000, no. but you gambled. Money. Oh, jeez. You still have £4,000? No. Plus an extra £4,000! It is the right answer! Chuggy Muggy! Yeah! Do you know him well? Yeah, we'll play Okay, we're not going to tell you what's going to happen here, but... Take it from me, he doesn't win the money, I'm afraid. <laughs> <laughs> You're nasty! <laughs> You're listening to the Friday Rock Show. We're broadcasting live from British Bay. <laughs> A phone again. Hello? You're giving out my number to some strange people, Tony. You are, I'm telling you. You have to. As we're saying, we're Wait, broadcasting more live life. from British Bay, hoping to bring a bit of ray of sunshine into your lives at the moment, which is filled with doom and gloom, with the foot and mouth epidemic and that euro I, coming I in next year. I see some out there with their first big feet and they look like bad <laughs> talents on them, so you might have to help. You get hosed down before you come <laughs> in, did you? I got down the old, yeah, lashes <laughs> of fucking flower all over me. Tony, you didn't have to take your shoes off. <laughs> <laughs> hey, he took the big feet out and all, and he soaked them. The big epicent. <laughs> That's why my feet are itching. <laughs> Sorry, get out of me right now, Oh, All disinfectant. Must be killing all the fungus. <laughs> I've never seen my feet so clean. Pretty <laughs> clean. <laughs> I've never seen your feet for the dirt. There you go, now we're in the jacuzzi, no fucking mouse between us. Anyway, go on Okay, on with the show. Hey! <laughs> on with the show! Here's a letter from a man called John Flaherty. Woohoo! <laughs> Don't know who he is! Check Woo! it! Check it first! <laughs> could be a threat! Could be a threat! Here, BBC lads, did you ever stay in a bed and breakfast place, did you? I tell you, sometimes it's a bit of a freak show. As I was sitting on the jacks pondering my existence the other day, I thought to myself, I'd write to you lads and tell you about some of the madness that goes on. And maybe you tell me what you think, because I'd like to know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. I'm on for that. I mean, what goes on in some people's minds? You may have guessed that I run my own B&B, and you'd be laughing at some of the antics of my randy guests. <laughs> Our place is always popular with young couples, copping off for a dirty weekend. One particular couple got a nasty shock when I went to fix myself a late night snack of beans and toast. Unfortunately, my can of beans exploded in the microwave. <laughs> Do you, no. see my, do you see my bottle of herbal balsam? Lads, that's something you don't do. You don't put cans into the microwave. Here's 
trappers only, Bernie. Don't try that at home. <laughs> the aforementioned couple were in the middle of the wild thing when this rather loud bang had gone off. Bang. Unfortunately, I'd given the <laughs> unfortunately I'd given the young woman quite a shock as she clamped up on her partner. You know what I'm saying, Diz? Honest to God, it was like those two dogs you'd see stuck together in the street. He was sewn up to the balls in her, and she had his flute, the very same as a piece of wood in a vice. <laughs> <laughs> I reckon he must have struggled a bit, lads. I see some mothers are covering their young children's ears. <laughs> but he couldn't get free of her love, Canyon. Eventually, we had to call an ambulance. Admittedly, I found the sight of them being stretched out with him still on top of her quite amusing. But imagine what must have been going on in his head. Oh, jeez. Oh, What's this coming out in front of me? A little hairy Molly. You've got a ringworm. A little hairy Molly's after crawling out of Tony Wilson's bobble hat. It's getting me wet here, the old fucking, yeah. That's the disinfectant. All the hairy Molly's are coming out. All the stuff is coming out of you. I've been breeding millions! <laughs> Just think about it, lads. Anyway, I decided against making any midnight snacks in the future. Another kinky couple really decided to go wild recently. This story was the one that really set me thinking. There was leather bondage and all sorts of shenanigans. Woo! The woman was strapped to the bed naked. Of course. The bloke must have. Hardly in a big woolly jumper and all, yeah? Unless it's Linda Jones. Oh! <laughs> it's a real poor there, isn't it? He loved her. He loved this. What's that rising there beneath The bloke must have been attempting to jump Tarzan style from on top of the wardrobe and straddle her. How do I know all this? Well, I hate to admit, I didn't spend a whole lot on the wardrobes. In fact, I bought them off my brother who knocked up a few in his shed for me and it wouldn't be that sturdy. So I ended up having to break into the room and rescue the bloke because he fell to the wardrobe and it collapsed under his weight. Oh. <laughs> Madness. He broke both his ankles and couldn't move. Like from Obviously, neither, neither could the woman, being as she was tied to the bed. But I tell you, lads, walking in that particular scene freaked me out. I don't know what you lads think, but I think it was a freak show. <laughs> Would you tell me what you think? Because I want to know. Seriously. Anyway, I hope those mad stories give you a bit of a buzz. And if you're ever in the area, you're welcome to stay at Beerlawn's B&B. Until then, I'll keep listening, because I don't know what makes you do them freaky radio shows. See you, you mad bastards. Yours, John Flannery. Oh, well, John, thanks very much for your so eloquently put letter. <laughs> he doesn't know why we do these freaky shows. Yeah. He thinks we've cracked up. Hey, Matt. Yeah, Tim. Hey, have you talked to Mark lately? Uh, I haven't really talked to him, but he looks pretty, uh, down. <laughs> yeah, he looks pretty, uh, down. <laughs> yeah, well, maybe we should cheer him up, then. What do you, uh, suppose we should do? Well, do you like butter tarts? I was lying on the grass A Sunday morning of last week Indulging in my self-defeat My mind was thugged I'll lease the birds I'll twist it around the beat Come here, come here, come here. Oh. Wow. Look at her. I know. 
Time we had the station sting there. I mean, it's been halfway through the show. Fuck's <laughs> <laughs> sake. Like, I've been saying all day, pain in my face. You're in there, don't you? Just have to listen. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you dirty bitch. You're after getting sick out of me. That no more beer for her. Get away from them bottles of bud. Uh, look at me, Tony. My trunks are ruined. Your trunks? <laughs> okay, just a few minutes ago, you heard the sounds of Len taking you back to a couple of summers ago. That's right, you were a smizzy, smizzy, smizzy. And that was our old to us. Great, we gone 14 years. Okay, now it's time for a bit of audience participation. How do we do this? Well, we did this in between the songs. We asked people to volunteer to come up and go on for Don't Fuck Up the Microphone. Radio 1. Okay, so don't fuck up the microphone. And tonight's contestant is Mr. Kieran Brennan. How's it going? How's it going tonight? I'm Kieran. How you doing, Kieran? Pleased to meet you. Whereabouts do you come from? I come from Ireland in the road. That's uh, local to British Bay. Just down the road. So what do you reckon, Kieran? 
Hvad nøjes det Yes, it's quite nice. I have kind of like great sun, but it's, it's good for the skin. Are you enjoying the view? Oh, the view is mighty. <laughs> Anything in particular catch your eye? Well, I like your jacuzzi. Maybe, <laughs> maybe you'd like to bring it back and play with it in front of me? Uh, okay. <laughs> hey! Well, Jesus, Kieran! <laughs> so, Kieran, are you a regular listener to the Friday Rock Show? I listen every... Or perhaps one of our sister titles. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I like all all the stuff you do. There's my... Turn that fucking phone <laughs> off. My pager's going off. <laughs> <laughs> so Mad Horse ringing us again. Uh, don't fuck up the microphone. It's very simple. We're going to play you a piece of music and you have to guess the artist and the track. I'm okay. no problem, eh? And if you do it successfully, you will win an FRS pair of boxer shorts. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! Okay, on, here's the first piece of music. Quick Tony! And I don't know what you're doing. Don't think I've done anything wrong. I didn't get you fucked my sister. This place took the tickets to my mom. Ooh. My mom. My mom. Okay, Kieran, take your time. Stop fucking my mom. Listen carefully. It's only easy when you know the answer. I don't like it. Bit loud, isn't it? Radio One. Uh, Tony, do you think those lyrics are appropriate for this time of day? Well, you there, you heard you can't do your other. Well, Kirtans, Kiran, what do you think it was? We'll have to see. I, I, I wouldn't be too kind of into that music. Um, so more than like into my, you know, traditional Irish music. I see you boys are coming over here from the BBC. And I get that impression from me, Kieran. You seem very laid back. I think that's kind of like... Sounds a bit like The Clash. <gasps> Uh, it's probably a bit laid back for you. It's probably not your music, is it? Have no. you been on the Alvino today? Ah, no. I've just been out here having a great time with everyone. It's just a fantastic atmosphere. Mm, well, you're on the right track with the Clash. You want to have another guess? We'll give you another guess, won't we, Tony? Yes, indeed, I think. Well, maybe it's the uh, sex special. It's Johnny Rotten and all I don't think we can give it to him, Tony. Shall we tell him the answer? Well, let's play another one then. Give him a hand. It's the same from the same band. We'll play another track. I'll give one. you a second bite of cherry, okay? All right. That's fair enough, isn't it? She got lips like stereo. With the bass and trouble down. She got tits like microwave. Burritos that explode. Uh, I think it sounds a bit like Ash. What's your thing? Ash, <laughs> But it's not. Tony tells me it's not. Who is it? That sounds like no fucking shite. Anyway, it's no, no shite. You're quite clear there. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, will we give it to him? Give him nothing. 
<laughs> but I was looking forward to getting in there with Jesus in the jacuzzi. Um, will you go away if we give you the boxer shorts? I, I may go down and have a normal paddle in, in, in the beach, if you don't mind. What do you do for a living, Kieran? Drink. He's a professional literate. That's what you are. That's what I am. Okay. Well, unfortunately, Kieran, you didn't get back. The okay, we put you out of your misery. It is no, no effects. But we're going to give you Fun a Friday Rock Show pair of boxer shorts. Could you just like you, Kieran? You're okay. great entertainment. Great crack all together. <laughs> we just want to get rid of you. Well, thanks very much. So there you go. A nice presentation pack. And if you want to take a few balls of Budweiser, take them away because that girl's have a puking all over me. <laughs> Yes, indeed. So, anyway, see you, Kieran. Thanks very much for playing. Right. Don't fuck up the microphone. Take the bottles, yeah. Free. <laughs> <laughs> Keep working them. <clears throat> Tell you. No chance for me to sit back in the sun and drink bottles and splash in the jacuzzi. No. No. I think it's about time we played some music. Yeah. Here's Woo! Green Day. And they're definitely not in the minority.
You make me feel so good. Mm, more soft pornography there from the <laughs> Friday Rock Show. That was Green Day, and that was from the album Warning. But anyway, oh, hey, Giggs, I'm gonna call it for your show. Hello? Shut the fuck up! War! God, faggot! That's it, I'm definitely changing my number. <laughs> No. <laughs> so we're we going to talk about it. Isn't it? Well, let's talk about Ireland. It's Seeing as we're over here, completely different place to it was years ago. Yeah, you know how different it used to be. Very poor and drug addled in. Well, that's still the same. But <laughs> it's now kind of the, the what did you call it? The Gaelic leopard, is it? Gaelic leopard, yes. Definitely raw, raw. Celtic tiger. Yeah, the Celtic tiger. Well, you're out. You're ripping the hot dick soup. Yeah, I know, but he's, he's one of my heroes. Give me a cheap plug-in. We have a Christmas Carol, Yobbs, you tell Yobbs, out there. But apparently the average weight of a person in Ireland now has gone up by over a stone in the last 12 years. Stone? <laughs> it's time most of Ireland is stone, all right? And that's going back to Baldi's letter earlier. <laughs> so because the country's richer, people are eating more. Yeah! Exercising less. Yeah! And we think that's a bad thing. So if you're at home now, sitting down, get down here to the beach now, and jump around, and jump around, come on, and drink, because <laughs> <laughs> that's what the Friday Rock Show is uh, behind. Yes, indeed. That's what we promote. So you're recommending this place for a holiday, Tony? I would indeed. Yes, it's a great place to come to. You, know, come, you came here in your stag party, didn't you? Yes, yeah. And I was chained to the railings outside this place called Stephen's Green in Dublin. <laughs> Man, this dog was licking me nenesles. <laughs> anyway, that's the end of the talking about it. Enough for that. <laughs> Hello, rock DJs. <laughs> Over the past decade, the Adrian and Tony franchise has become well known for its problem solving. Well, I'm wondering if you can help me. I'm a shy teenage boy who finds it hard to make friends. Don't get me wrong, I'd love to be a big confident lad playing football, mouthing and joking, and all the lads loving me, but I just can't. Most of the time, I just spend my time at home alone in my room. For entertainment, I've bored a drill hole into my younger brother's bedroom so I can spy on him when he b- brings Emma, his girlfriend, in and he has sex with her. That's disgusting! He doesn't realise what a lucky bastard he is. She's blonde, blue-eyed, and he treats her like shit. For some reason, he doesn't b- realise the treasure he has in his possession. <coughs> <coughs> to show her what a really caring guy would do, I entered her into the local regatta <laughs> queen competition. You entered her, <laughs> and she was representing our family business so I would get her to drive <laughs> so, Mom, will you? so anyway he entered into this competition so we could get to drive her around parading her he's driving her and entering her so he's parading her as if she was my own <laughs> I never had so many people come up and ask me who this gorgeous girl was at my side it sounds like the Christa Berg song I never had so many people ask you if you want to dance looking for a little romance <laughs> Anyway, my brother didn't mind about the regatta queen thing because he was going down the country to play football that weekend. As it turns out, Emma won the regatta queen competition. Afterwards, we partied and drank large amounts of champagne. Now, driving home was obviously out of the question, so I booked a room in the hotel <laughs> where, the competition <laughs> where the competition had taken place. I promised Emma I would sleep on the floor. She was a bit tipsy and started stripping her clothes off in a tantalising fashion. <laughs> I could feel twinges in the trouser apartment. How could she tease me when she was with my damn brother? So I blurted my feelings about about how bad she was being treated and how I had watched them through the drill hole. 
jeez. <laughs> oh, he watched her drill hole? Uh, no, he had to say it, didn't he? She wasn't shocked. In fact, she was quite turned on by my voyeurism and grabbed me. She started pulling and groping at my crotch. <laughs> Unfortunately, oh, I couldn't hold back and line. blastered my underpants. <laughs> As yeah. Look at the pattern. Hands in the soggy underpants. Groping crotches. Anyway, this hasn't deterred her, and she wants us to meet secretly again. Thankfully, we didn't do it, as when the push comes to shove, I don't want to stab my brother in the back. But I can't hold back my feelings for Emma. What should I do? Yours, Keith. <laughs> Sharpen a knife, maybe. <laughs> well, Keith, I think you've taken things much too far as it is, and I think you should just quit while you're ahead and find yourself your own woman. You can't be that bad. But then again, we haven't seen pictures of you, so what the fuck do we know? <laughs> you could be bit down! For the Gabbler, who reported earlier in his sci-fi spot about the upcoming Spidey movie, which we're all looking forward to here. Oh yes, indeed. Okay, we're getting near the end now, so we're just gonna squeeze in one more uh, self-promotion ad for A&M. This is Publistics. In 1994, the Pubalistics had a choice to make. Only two of the original band members were left, 
and sales of their comeback album, The Pubic Triangle, were way below what was expected. Something had to be done. Tired and weary from their Mammoth World Triangle Tour, they had two options. One, call it a day and acknowledge defeat from the critics and old fans that they no longer encapsulated the magic that was 1987's Puberty Blues. Okay, if you want to hear more about that Pubertistics profile, don't forget to tune in to VH1 at about 4 o'clock in the morning next Tuesday. Behind the music! That's behind the music. 4 a.m. next Tuesday. Sticks magic. What are you like? It's time for a letter! How's the hanging there, Adrian and Tony? Love the show, lads. I tried to hear it every Friday night. Because I don't be going out, for sure. Well, not local, anyway. Now, I'll tell you the reason why, too. Why? The fucking gah. That's what. Do you know about them? They're making my life a misery, they are. Can't go out in the local for all the gawping at you and whispering and laughing. Why? Well, I haven't got four heads or anything. It's just that I don't feel we don't play their game, Bohan, off the pitch. And you'd fair soon see the repercussions. Now listen to this. Down there in the local is their self-preservation society. Getting the big 20 million out of Big Bertie's bulbous budget and the plot of land if you play centre four for Kilcooley. The guy have it all and they don't want you having any of it if you ain't one of them. And you soon find yourself on the outskirts of acceptability. And cause of that, no bitch will ever go near you. There they are on a Tuesday and Thursday nights after training, not to mention all the weekend. Sculling back to Smithicks and showered by the women as they huddle around the beefy lads like a first wives club. All of them loving each other and lambasting the individuals who dare to want to be something else. <laughs> Buying the first wife club their vodkas and oranges. Oh, fat boned and red jawed young lads roaring gar results at each other and seeing in the Sunday game and watching Michael Lester and the feckin' unholy power of the Kerry backline. The girl sucking the paunch that hangs like big jelly outcrops and two tight jeans and squint and smile over the fine young collective. Them's there talking about the fair fucking cute point that Bob's are lashed over Kilcooley in the intercounty semi final. It was all the technique, he says, spilling his point. She catches his eye through all the horrible druggy scum that lay between her and her man. He looks, she smiles, and leans over to her friend, still with a pale like gaping at his narrow-lipped grin. She leans over to show off to him her sociability by slapping a laugh in a conversation she hasn't even been involved in. Her friends giggle and laugh at her, knowing full well what she's at. They've, each one of them, done this before on their quest to the nest. She laughs, they all laugh, and all bobs are content that there's four bitches wanting him and wanting his cock. That's because he's a GA man. Feck all school and worked hard for daddy. Yeah, gone daddy's old hurling team as a stodgy midfielder. Daddy's mate got him a job in the forestry driving to Snetter. That keeps him solid, alright. His life is set. Still has all his school buddies. Still a collective. I bet when Captain Picard taught the collective, he wouldn't think an old dick mucker would shovel size hands dressed in Clark's shoes, being beige genos and a brown woolly jumper. Scrolling back to put the spinnings, what? Bobser approaches the first wives club. Each girl looks at him. Each one has a thought of a plot of land in their head. Him only with a thought of raping her in a tractor shed. <laughs> <laughs> Then fixing her up so as to make the tay, so she can go and make the tay, yeah? All his frenzy bobs are going over and raise up a guttural trio of bravado. Maybe they too can have a go when he wrenches her buddy ankles up across the nightclub wall later that night. <laughs> She'd look good in his arm at the tractor racing championship in Kilkenny. This is not my world. I'm a victim. Shunned by the collective as you don't adhere to their ignorances. You was a foreigner here. And that's bad. 
You could weaken the collective, you see. The bloodline must be pure. They look disapprovingly at you, knowing all they want for you is to be dragging along tied to rope at the back of their Land Rover up the mass path. But the women now, they want the wedding ring. They want to plot a land beside a mammy and have Rookster and Jarvis sent to the Christian brothers on road. Having the priest round for tea. Making the dinner. Preparing tomorrow's lunchboxes. <laughs> Watching old Emmerdale, yeah? Then at night she'd open the legs to an overweight and red-faced bobser. <laughs> He's no time now for her to keep him fit no more. No. <laughs> he don't have that now to balance out the same amount of beer. He still skulls back three nights a week. Sometimes it's more than three. Down the empty local, away from the wives, recounting the good old days of Coop Point Bobs were scored in inter-county semi-finals some 15 years ago. Looking to the time he can bring the young lad down and give him his first point. She wants this as she laughs with the girls as Bobs are approaches in the pack pub. Oh yeah. She beams. Haven't seen you here since last night. She giggles. He wants this as he laughs back and thinks of beating that enthusiastic grin off her face. How you gorgeous. I use all out for tonight. The boat know full well. Yours living celebrately in a big fucking freak show. Jerry Dixon, Job Club, Arkla. Well, Jerry, I think you might have got raised the heckles of a few of our listeners here tonight. Uh, Jerry, Jerry, <laughs> Jerry, Jerry, you need to get out more. What's wrong with you? <laughs> He's going one step closer. Stop. One step closer. One step closer to He's about to break. Not take this anymore. Sing everything I said before. All these words they make no sense. I found this in ignorance. Less I hear, the less you say. You'll find that out anyway. Just like
from the album Hybrid Theory. That is Jerry Dixon's favourite band, the Angry Lincoln Park, because he's angry too. We're all angry. <laughs> I'm splashing around here. That Jerry died, what? He was a bit fucking twisted, wasn't he? Yes, you are, yeah. I mean, free and peace and love to everyone, like, you know. I mean, there's no, there's no, you don't need to hang on one side or the other. Just be free and happy with yourself. Don't worry <laughs> about anyone else. I think to take down the mood a bit, we're going to have to listen to a piece of Yob's Christmas Carol. So, the newly unemployed Dick and Spike head to the pub to ponder Christmas on the breadline. Hello, Mr. Sue Bartleby. You don't have a pint or what? Jeez, I don't want the pint. I'm just sitting here because I like looking at your stupid face. Jeez, now, Mr. Soap, you don't like the cow's calf. You're big when you're out. Bartleby. <laughs> be? A pint in. Put on the slate. The slate's so fucking big here, I could tie me fucking roof with it. What's going into that, lad? Do you want some of Arthur's finest, do you? Hey, have you any maiden's water, have you? <laughs> I drink that hot, right? Drink it from the furry cup. That's what I want. The only fucking maiden you'll be into is the fucking iron maiden you with the hair on you. Yeah, wanna see the fucking hair on my arse, do you? Sure, see that in our time you get up on your fucking mother. Yeah, well, we take up your grandmother on a road whore. A road of bones. No, that's you. Now give me the points. Or be taking me business elsewhere. You big bastard. Dick. What? Dick. I died her. Dick. I died her grandmother up. Dick. What? You're touched. And don't be, don't be murdering me. But listen, seriously. What are we going to do, Spike? I don't fancy spending Christmas on the dry. Huh? Will you listen to me? Get your nose out of that book. I'm reading a book of predictions by Nostradamus. He reckons the king of terror will be born this year, Dick. Well, I hope the cook can predict us making some fucking money. No. I'll throw that show away. Stop cacking. Start thinking. But, but, but he predicted the Nazis, Dick, under the leadership of, listen, the one called Hitler. Hitler? That's what I just said. Sure, don't they only turned out to be Hitler? That's why he's just. Oh, never mind. I know. I know. I know, Dick. Put your hand out. What is it? Well, we could always rent out one of the two bedrooms in the bed, see? We've only got one room, you big dopey cunt. Tenors were to ply without in the shed, Dick. But the elbow east and there you are. Two bedrooms. Damn it, Spike. <laughs> You're a genius. Yeah, I'm pretty cool sometimes, yeah. Hey, Joe Goggles, can we pull an ad up in your pub? If it keeps you in me pub for Christmas, I'm up for it, so. Mad for it. Oh, you're at. Can you clean the glasses? There's an awful smell of rats piss off the points. I shut your fucking craw. Oh no. Who is this? Big and dirty are wet in water. Black stockings, big bulls. Uh, wearing my stockings. These little ones playing alone. Pure white pants. Leo, I think. Leo! Leo! That sounded like Leo, Tony. Yes, I think that's Leo. Kathleen, love You're you. You're out there. We love you, You Leo. want to make contact with us. Phone us back, Leo. And this time, don't speak in riddles. Communicate with us. We want you back. We can get together again this year. 2002, yes. Yes, indeed. End of year. <laughs> Ten years after the original. We can splash together, the three of us. <laughs> we take out the rock jacuzzi in the middle of December. Who cares? The Friday Rock Show. Ah. Well, time is catching up on us here at British Bay. <laughs> So, let's have our final letter! Good day, good nights of the Friday Rock Show. 
Let me recount it to you, the experience I had after listening to last week's most bountiful show. Yes. Twas the sickness of a Friday night. Ye verily did I turn up your show on mine speakers, turn my stomach into a liquid grain storage unit, and polluted my lungs with illegal substances. Mm. But beware the mighty flyed Excelsius Ginkle when FRS is over and the moon is fat. He wrote to us before. That's it. He wrote about the town of Black Eyes. Remember them, dear? Floyd Excelsius Ginkle. Cometh the hour, cometh the sick fuck. It was 3 a.m. and I was upon the dry road home from the sick lad's lair. Was I morose? He gads no man. I would not have seen the road at late before mine eyes, but for the bicycle that would stir my senses with collision after collision upon grassy knolls. What's out, JK? Who's Elves' head? I was in the throes of much wicked laughter as I pained to keep upright on the said two wheel transport. Then, hark! A minibus appears in the midst at the end of the dark and dim road. A shaft of light shoots out and a shadow emerges. This is lamp badly. A female! Godzooks, man! A veritable, certifiable female! I gained much composure and wiped away my drool as I sequestered her attention by becoming unsaddled nearby. She floated toward me. I thus had a deviant born within me. Check that bitch in the movie video. Proud and confident I were upon the throne of being stoned. I thus again, in my mood of horn, applied a courtly greeting. And after a short gesture of conversation, I coerced this young, inebriated gesture. maiden to partake in a foul game of tonsil tennis. By the power of Merlingian kings, I was filled with evil within as I took her there on the cold pavement. Ooh. Luckily, she obliged my cruel advance. It was but for... Oh, fuck off! Someone behind me! <laughs> Sorry, someone trying to back into the rock jacuzzi! <laughs> <laughs> you can just step in if they want! The water's getting cold. It's a bit, bit brown as well. <laughs> Look at me ghost pimples, Tony. Look! Jesus! And I is bad. Anyway, luckily, she obliged my crude advance. It was but for a brief engagement, mind, for mine bed was calling. As was hers, but hers was not about to become mine. Riddles, there's all riddles! Dash thee to hell, foul tease. I bade farewell to this discoing maiden, and strode forth my mighty spoked steed, and flung forward without respect for gravity. Jesus! was a strange night spawning strange tales. But who of this woman? Nay, lads, thou shalt not encumber my thoughts with questions, for I shall not tell thee of fair so dark and dim roadways. The moment is hidden, the perpetrator shrouded, and the whole sordid tale locked in mystery. I bade thee farewell. Keepeth the sick flag flying. And that was from Sir Floyd Excelsius Ginkle. You the man, you the man. They swallow it in sours and sours or something. Jesus, I'd want a spoke steed to get around some of them fucking words, huh? 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 That's it, Tony. We're coming near the end, but I think we've time for one more song, haven't we? It's to you. This is for me, is it? Yeah. This is for Floyd Excelsior Skinkle. <laughs> Truly, you're going to be elevated. This is you two. They're playing two dates in Slane this year, and me and Tony are going for the second date, aren't we? Um, uh, are we? You can get your credit card, bro. Oh, I think I'm back to you now,
That was you two there, nice sold out their concerts in about two Time seconds flat. Sold out, pure and simple. <laughs> Me and Tony, we there, queued all night, but we were in the wrong place. We were outside CIE. <laughs> <laughs> we were queued to get home. Yeah, you know, we just fell out of the hog's head, and that was it, you know. Let's go get some U2 tickets. Seemed like a good idea at the time. Mm. Right. How much are they paying you these right. days, Tony? Half your wages a year, you guys. <laughs> Salary cut there last year. Well, you know. Anyway, that's it now. We're running out of time, and we're going to leave British Bay in a blaze of glory. I'd just like to say thanks to the residents of British Bay, to Jack White's public house for the beer and stories, to Kieran Brennan who's kicking down sandcastles and cursing Oscar Gaelga as we speak. Also thanks to Stephen Hawking proving that intellect doesn't always come with good taste. Thanks to the gabbler who's gone back to Deep Space Nine. And a big shout out to everyone who contributed to the show, our letter writers, callers, everyone who makes this thing twisted masterpiece is. Keep it coming, we'd be shite without you. For myself and producer Tony Wilson, it's farewell from British Bay. Bye. Goodbye.